0: good evening jundo how are you today
1: one second i was just filling out my absentee ballot i got to get it signed correctly i have to have it properly dated i have to put it in the safety uh, envelope that i have to put the safety envelope in the other envelope put the proper postage on it, and mail it in time to arrive in the United States by election day.
0: I thought Zen people weren't supposed to have preferences.
1: No, we are beyond all preferences. We're beyond left and right and him and me and my guy and your guy. And yet, and yet, here in the world, sure we have preferences. And those preferences should be based on Buddhist values.
0: Okay, so what is it that explains why you don't like the best flavor of ice cream? Because everyone knows that coffee is the best flavor of ice cream, but I know that you've told me in the past that you don't like it.
1: No, no, no. In The universe itself is the great ice cream store, and all things are sweet. And even though I detest coffee ice cream, everyone knows that Rocky Road or perhaps Cookies and Cream is the ice cream flavor. Everyone is entitled to their own preference and it's the same in an election. Everyone is entitled to their own view. We're going to have a little discussion today about elections, but we are not going to tell anyone who to vote for
0: and we're not even going to mention the names of candidates.
1: I don't even know who they are. Who who's running? I haven't heard anything. No, we are not going to mention we are not going to mention the names of any specific candidates. But what we are going to do is trying to focus on Buddhist ethics, values, the vision we have, not only for ourselves, but for society. And we will speak about that and then let the listeners decide for themselves.
0: So one thing about elections is you have to choose a candidate from one of, well, in the U.S., two parties. In other countries like here, there are more parties.
1: Yeah, you're in the U.K.,
0: you're choosing a candidate based on their party. You're choosing a candidate based on their personal record, their experience. But many people also choose a candidate simply because of a single issue, that they're voting about just a single thing that they're concerned about, rather looking at the global situation.
1: Well, we're we're not going to tell people about what they should look at. Everyone goes into the voter booth, voting booth, and they are entitled to make their own choice. But I believe that Buddhist values guide us in certain directions. And if you truly believe in the practice that we do as Buddhists, it will tell you that even though we can agree to disagree on some things, we hope that our society and our government goes in certain directions. And we are hoping that from this election, even though none of the candidates are perfect, that our society... And the world will head in good ways. And that's what we're going to talk about today. One of the problems
0: with elections is that maybe some people really want the perfect candidate, and they'll never get it. And this desire to get just exactly what they want prevents them from looking more globally at what a candidate represents.
1: Exactly. For example, I would ideally like to see honesty in my candidate. We have a precept that guides us to speak honestly, to speak the truth. And you know what? A politician cannot, because a politician to get elected has to kind of please the majority of people, which means many politicians, most politicians, all. let's face it, all politicians are sometimes going to say a lot of stuff that is not quite true. But here's the difference. Look at the candidate. Is there one who's kind of speaking diplomatically? maybe softening some things, and one who is telling lies, one who is pulling a fast one over the people. Now, which is the better of the two? I would say the guy who's kind of softening what he's saying, maybe trying to sweeten things a little, as opposed to the fellow who just is not honest. Now, I'm not going to say which candidate that is in any particular election. I ask people, look in their own hearts and just judge. Which is the candidate, perhaps, that is pulling the fast one, and which is the candidate who is just trying to, well, let's face it, get elected? The thing
0: about politicians is that they often say different things to different people. So if you're talking to farmers, you're going to talk about certain issues. And if you're talking to people in manufacturing, you're going to talk about other things. So even an honest politician is going to have to bend what they say from time to time. Right. I think we vote for a lot of different things. We vote for experience. Sometimes we vote for hope, we vote for change, and sometimes we vote for continuity. I think it really depends on the election.
1: Well, the principle in Buddhism, too, is more than what you say, words are not important, it's what you do. I would hope that there was someone that we would elect who would prove themselves over several years by leaving something better, constructing something positive in society, more than. What they said at the beginning in the campaign, what did they do? Now, for example, if we had a president who, after, let's say, four years, had left a wake of destruction in his path, if we had someone who had left a track record where the country looks like it's doing worse, when people are pulling apart, where we're filled with darkness and violence, I would say that is someone, I don't care what he has said or how entertaining the person is making a speech, look at the track record. On the other hand, if we have someone who maybe 20 years ago said something that's a little questionable, or perhaps he doesn't part his hair on the right side, or whatever we don't like about him, if we say, well, something tells me when he gets into office, he's going to try his best and leave the world a better place, that's the guy to vote for, if you ask me. Now, people could disagree who that is, but that's what to look for. So what's the theme of this year's election for you? Well, it's uh, healing. Uh, I think uh, not only in the U.S., but looking at the U.K., many places around the world, uh, society is pulling apart, and we have to get back to certain values. We are uh, right now heading in uh, kind of an ugly direction, and like with our personal lives in Buddhism, there's always a chance to begin again and head in more positive ways. And I hope that this is an election where we begin to heal.
0: Heal in many ways. Um, Heal in in our relations with others, but also heal in terms of the pandemic that we're undergoing.
1: Oh, well, it's not just, I'm I'm not even talking about the pandemic. I'm talking about the values that are prevalent in uh, society. And unfortunately, uh, some of our leaders, I think, are, well, creating a, a certain atmosphere of, shall we say, well, let me let me put it this way. I saw a little meme that a friend sent me, and they said, "What are our current political leaders?" And I'm not naming any names, teaching the children. And it said they're teaching the children how to be angry, how to take no responsibility, how to point that the other guy is your enemy, how to be a bit uh, dishonest, how to point out that if you're losing, cheat a little. These are the values that we see right now, and I think we have to go. In the other direction, Buddhism always says, look in the mirror image. So instead of cheating, honesty. Instead of anger, peace. Instead of pulling apart, pulling together. Instead of calling someone your enemy, call them your friend, even though we may disagree about certain things. American values, UK values, most of the Western democracies believe that we can pull together even though we're different and we can agree to disagree.
0: Society is divided to a level that I think we haven't ever seen in our lifetimes. Maybe the late sixties, early seventies, there was a strong divide around the Vietnam War. Um, How can we pull back together and and get over this? It's not even a question in some cases of agreeing to disagreeing because of the hostility that some people have.
1: One of the nice things about Buddhism is I really believe that it talks about history as cycles. So maybe we're overdoing it by saying that this is the worst of all times. I don't think it's the worst of all times. I was just reading yesterday something posted by the great Matsuoka Roshi, where he was speaking about the situation in Selma, Alabama in 1965. Uh, George Wallace and the local police and National Guard were beating protesters. Uh, some individuals were killed. Uh, the The situation was quite tense as they were fighting for voting rights for African-Americans at the time. Sounds just like today. You know, this has gone on in cycles, not only in American history, but in world history. Most of Dogen's time—Dogen was the great Soto teacher—the Buddha's time were times of peace, times of war, times of famine, times of feast, times of health, times of disease I think it's wrong for us to think that this time is unique, but the wonderful thing about history is, after the darkness, there's usually the sunshine that comes. So I'm hopeful. I don't think that this is the end of the world. At least, I don't think it is.
0: Well, history is useful because we can look back and see what echoes there were in the past, and hopefully we can learn from it. Now, unfortunately, a lot of people don't want to learn from history and don't know enough about history to be able to learn from it, or what they know about history. Remember what we learned in school about American history, we didn't learn very much. But as you say, um, th- 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 there is this eternal cycle. And if we can look back and see what happened at another time, maybe we can learn from it.
1: You know, people have a ignorance about history. You are correct. And also about science these days. And yeah. also about just the meaning of 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 words. You know, someone called me a communist today. Really? Wow. Yes. And he, let me explain the reason. I'm not... Okay, now if you're in Europe, there are, there are actual communists in Europe, and it's not a big deal. You got 57 parties, at least five different flavors of socialist and three different communist parties. In America, to call someone a communist them's fighting yeah. works that's joe mccarthy like stuff 1955 yep. right i got called a communist you know why go ahead because i dare support gay marriage personally oh. this is again not everyone listening has to agree with me i'm just saying what i was saying yep. i was saying i believe 97% of climate scientists believe that there is global warming and human industry is a main cause I said that I believe that there are some things about society that are unfair. I said that I think people deserve health care. I am not only uh, suddenly a socialist. I was accused of being a communist who is in league with, this is a quote, Stalin and Pol Pot plus Chairman Mao.
0: I was waiting for you to say that someone called you a Trotskyist because that's generally in, in Western Europe, that's generally where they go with that.
1: Well, that was my joke. I said I was getting my Molotov cocktails ready. One second here.
0: <laughs> it's amazing how Americans are unable to understand different political currents, that they only think of, you know, their side and the most extreme. I mean, Pol Pot and Chairman Mao. I don't think Pol Pot brought universal health care to Cambodia. Nobody needed it. Everybody was dead. I don't think Pol Pot allowed gay marriage. That's exactly right. And. He- <laughs> I, I don't
1: think Stalin was in favor of gay marriage. Well, it was big on agricultural reform, I understand. That, uh, yes. Yeah. Uh, let me tell you something. Before people misunderstand, one of the reasons I was accused of being a communist is this particular fellow believes that Buddhism has been taken over by liberals, which he, uh, he accuses us of, of being communist, but really he means liberal ideology. And there's a lot of truth to that. I want to discuss that for a second.
0: Let me just say something. Buddhism has been taken over by liberals. In the West. Um, I think you're going to go in the direction of, well, the, the precepts that we follow just tend to be liberal ideals, right? Not true. Oh, I failed this
1: test. Let me, uh, let me say, if you go to Asia, there are liberal Buddhists and very conservative Buddhists, just like there are liberal Christians, very conservative Christians, liberal Jews, very conservative Jews. The precepts are very flexible. So, for example, I'll give you just a couple examples. I said I personally support gay marriage, but you can also be a good Buddhist and believe in the traditional male-female, man-and-woman marriage. I, uh, for example, believe that uh, we have to take care of the environment. You can be a Buddhist who says, no, this world we live in is hopeless. Let the environment just Go to heck. Doesn't matter. We're supposed to look beyond this world. You could be a, a, a Buddhist who believes that we are to engage in peace and avoid war. But you, then you could be another kind of Buddhist who says, yes, but there are certain exceptions for certain kinds of war. The precepts, the vows are very flexible. What has happened is in the West, many of us believe that our interpretation, our view of the precepts, causes us to be concerned about the poor, concerned about the environment, concerned about injustice. And it is possible to be, as I I often say, my my usual phrase is, if you can feed monks in a monastery, you can feed the hungry children of the world. If you can clean the floors of a monastery, you can clean the ocean. If you tend to a sick monk, you can provide health care to the needy. It can all be practiced, and, and Buddhism is very flexible. Now, people say, what would Buddha do? I don't know. That was 2,500 years ago. The world was very different, and they didn't have a lot of choice. In those days, if you argued with the king, the king would say, thank you very much, uh, off with your head, and you know, on to the next, next thing. These days, we actually have a voice and a chance to fix the wor- world. So many people find social causes, reform, equality, helping the poor, cleaning the environment. We find it in our Buddhist practice, but not everybody has to. I just want to emphasize it. There are some things you have to avoid. Ask me what we have to avoid, though.
0: What do we have to avoid?
1: I got a list here, and this uh, is unfortunately what we're finding in our society right now. I'm going to read this list. This is the 108 Bano. The Bano are the obstructions basically the things that make us go down a bad way. Now I'm going to read this list and you tell me how many of these.
0: Hold on, are you going
1: to read all 108 of them? No, I'll I'll stop after a few, but you'll get the point. Okay? okay. Manipulation, hostility, abuse, debasement of enemies, unkindness, hard-heartedness, vindictiveness, cheating, greed for money, intolerance, callousness, hatred, accusing your enemies. Discrimination. Sound familiar? This is a lot of what we're seeing these days. We have to go the other way. Every word I just read has an opposite. For example, as opposed to hostility, peacemaking. As opposed to abuse, helping your neighbor. As opposed to hard-heartedness, compassion. As opposed to vindictiveness, forgetting the past and making peace as opposed to hatred, love, as opposed to intolerance, tolerance. That's the direction we need to go.
0: And so that's why you were called a communist.
1: That's why I was called a communist, because those communists are, you know, basically Stalin. Stalin was all for peace and tolerance, wasn't he? Yeah. (laughs) Pol Pot, when you think of Pol Pot, who else do you think of making, you know, loving your neighbor? (laughs) Exactly. Now, again, we're not telling anyone who to vote for, but we're telling you to look at certain values and ask where you want your country, your town, the world to go, and then you make your decision. So I just want to hear a
0: little bit of a story here, because before we started recording, you said that you had an important role in a previous election about 20 years ago.
1: Uh, yes, yes. I, in my other uh, life, I, I also have to happen to be Jundo, attorney at law. And uh, I was briefly an election lawyer uh, in Broward County, Florida. I won't tell you for which party. Uh, I was uh, one of the, uh, in the Bush-Gore election, I was one of the famous Chad counters. We would sit there for hours looking at uh, <laughs> paper ballots, seeing if the Chad was dangling or hanging.
0: People who don't remember, the paper ballots that they used in Florida were kind of like computer punch cards, and the, the hole would be punched out. It's not like paper ballots here in Europe where you've got the name of a candidate, you, you check the name or something like that.
1: Yeah. Because of that, that's why everyone said we needed to go to electronic voting. And you know how that worked out. So So there must be a better way. That was quite
0: successful. Yeah. Well, I think the way they do it here with simple paper ballots, with the names of candidates, you you stack them up, you count them, you save them. If you need to recount them, you recount them. It's not complicated.
1: Uh, We we have to do something because one of the things I, I want to say, when you choose a candidate, Choose the candidate who's fair and doesn't try to, how to say, game the system, is not going to cheat, is not going to send in lawyers like I was into the courtroom to try to uh, uh, argue obscure points in order to disenfranchise people. Let's uh, have a fair and free election and may the best man or woman win. That's the kind of election I hope we have. Unfortunately, this election One thing you need in Buddhism is patience, and we're going to need it in this American election because it's not going to be over in one night. This is going to go on for days, maybe weeks, as the lawyers and the pundits fight it out on the TV. It's going to be a mess. We're going to have to be very patient until there is a resolution here.
0: Indeed. This is going to be a lesson in patience. I was telling Jundo um, before we started recording that my partner and I are going to get a couple of bottles of wine and some snacks and sit down in front of the old iPad and watch the news. But it's true that it would take a long time and we'll end up, you know, drinking too much and eating too much before we get a result.
1: Well, I have a backup plan. What's that? If the country, if the world keeps going in the direction it is, I'm going to the mountains, I'm building a hut, I'm closing the door, and I'm just isolating myself from humanity for the rest of my life, no I'm kidding I'm kidding. I'm not that kind of Buddhist. We have to stay engaged. We have to fix things.
0: Some people think they can do that, but that's just running away from problems, and I think avoiding
1: problems is just not the right thing to do. The worse things get, the more we have to keep trying. This is a Buddhist lesson too, and as I said, looking at history. This is not the worst of times. The system is still holding together. Sometimes with duct tape and spit, but it's holding together. And it needs us. We can heal this. We can make it better. After the bad times comes the good. This is a Buddhist lesson.
0: If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe in iTunes or in your favorite podcast app. Please give us a rating, tell your friends. You can check out past episodes at our website, zen-of-everything.com. And if you want Jundo to answer your questions, send us an email at podcast at zen-of-everything.com. Thanks for listening.